Yo, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith. And today, as always, I'm joined with Aaron Lanton and Tim Malloy. And today we decided to talk about Jordan Peele's third outing as both writer and director in the new horror flick, um, Nope, which to, to give a small synopsis, we have two siblings who run a ranch, which is considered to be one of the first, what is it, like a Black Hollywood ranch that um, that 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 uses their horses for a lot of films out in out in Hollywood, and they there's a bunch of sinister things that's happening out in the skies, and it could or it could not be a UFO, flying saucer, or something even worse, right? And so. As as we know, um, Jordan Peele is known for making horror films, but also have some type of um, deeper connection, usually something connected to uh, having some type of socioeconomic or racial connection into it. What, is it safe to say, I, I kind of feel like Jordan Peele brought us together for this podcast, because I, the first time we did a podcast together was off of Get Out. Was that correct? actually remember that too when i was looking at this yep all right so everything's pretty much coming full circle since i kind of dragged my way through that opening <laughs> we're gonna start <laughs> with just giving some some over overall thoughts like what did you guys think about the film let's start with tim oh, spoilers man. by the way we're gonna spoil the film we're gonna spoil the shit out of it i'm gonna spoil the shit out of the movie i didn't understand um, <laughs> I feel like everybody else must have felt when Power of the Dog came out where I was saying, oh, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. This is the most subtle, most <laughs> most perfect movie. And then a lot of people are going like, oh, no, that movie was just really boring, dude. That was a boring movie where nothing happened. And when I was watching it last night, maybe I should have slept more the night before, but I was just like, I am bored to tears. Like, when is something going to happen? And I couldn't. I just wanted some kind of event to occur um and then i was kind of mad at the movie and i just thought wow third one he really struck out because i loved get out and i loved us i might even i might be the only person who likes us more than get out i probably need to see them both again mm-hmm. um and then this morning i started reading and i was like oh i missed this and i missed that and there's all this detail that i didn't catch maybe this movie was way better than I realized. And I'm inclined to think because I think Jordan Peele is so good. I would probably like it more if I saw it again. Mm-hmm. What about you, Aaron? What you think? The first act for me is a little longer than it probably needs to be. Um, and it, it feels like we probably could get to where we get a little quicker that I think once we have, once we put our foot on the gas, the movie really does pretty well. Uh, overall, I thought it was pretty brilliant. It, it There were things that I felt like I understood about the movie and then taking some time to read a little more and go on YouTube and read people's brilliant comments and help connect different things. It really helped solidify some things I thought and even enhance like, my view and experience or thinking back on it. So I'm actually you know feeling like this was 
it was an entertaining watch for me in different ways. And I, you know, we can talk about like the ways, you know, that it didn't work for you too. I'm really curious to see more about that. But, um, you know, I know a lot of people who did like this film though, I, I feel like they really thought the, the end felt the film. Some people felt that way. I've seen that reaction from a, a whole lot of people. Um, and again, we can get into that as we move this conversation along, but, um, I have positive viewing, um, and, and I've, I've, like you tell me, even been more impressed with it after having some time to kind of, um, you know, sort through my thoughts and understand it even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, uh, I, I, by the way, Tim, I do actually like us in certain ways more than Get Out. More, more so just because it just feels more like a horror movie. But I think Get Out mm-hmm. is like, at this point, like an American classic, I guess. It is. Yeah. Um, what I what I think about, uh, well, this is just me personally. I think sometimes, I think when we have a certain director that's connected, or even a certain actor that's connected to a film, our expectations are like extremely high. Yes. And, and so, like, when you look at, like, um, what what did you what did you call it the other day? His, um, Aaron, his magnum opus, magnum opus, yeah, his magnum opus. Yeah, I got that from he Scott. Said, actually, he, he said, said that, that Get Out yeah. was. Now, I would argue and say that I don't necessarily think that Get Out is his magnum opus in the sense of where, like, because when I think of magnum opus, I think of like Stephen King when he did like The Dark Tower, like where mm-hmm. it's yeah, pretty like this much real big epic this big epic and this this is the thing that he pretty much always wanted to make his whole entire life yeah i don't think we've gotten that from jordan peele yet but i think that a movie like nope is opening him up to get to yes 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 100 but because there there is for some reason i i always feel like in with certain directors like with him with tarantino who have like this certain style and this way that they um transcend the genre that they're that they're working within it almost feels like some type of world building like something that's just specific to this world that they create as a as an artist and i i feel that nope to me what just felt like jordan peele finally getting the opportunity to make a super big budget film and so I, I felt like he was going, because somebody had said, uh, I was talking to, and they said that a friend of them there said that the movie was like, they didn't like it. They felt like it was made for 12-year-olds. Hmm. And, and I'm like, I would agree with that. But I kind of understand a little bit of the energy behind it. Because when I look at a movie like this, I feel like it's something that had to be inspired by someone who grew up watching Steven Spielberg movies or like rather it's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark or even or Jaws or Goonies Jaws Jaws really seems to have a big influence on her Mm -hmm. it may or may not but it did give me that type of feel of um pretty much those movies in the um what we say like late to mid 80s and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and I, I feel that that was a bit of him coming out in that sense to finally have this opportunity to make um a monster movie you know and i think that's something that threw out just like i always knew when i saw the trailer i said this is not gonna be about aliens yeah. like and it yeah. could, the monster yeah, could still be like alien. Alien. yeah <laughs> and the monster itself could still be an alien but it's not 
an alien movie in the way that we think of an alien movie, you know? So um, what do you think? I just didn't track the metaphor. And I feel like this, I feel like the thing is supposed to be the spectacle or like show business or something. I just didn't understand what the, so the UAP was. It's well, uh, you mean the well, uh, what would they call them? A uh, stray jacket or jean jacket? Excuse me. Are you talking about the the, the animal the monster itself? I didn't understand what the UFO. I mean, I know it's like some kind of creature that devours um, people and basically shits out all their metal. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, and, and their blood, which was great. Um, but I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't really understand what it was supposed to represent. Like I thought it was supposed to be symbolic of something. Because it was so, like about the spectacle at the beginning. So yeah, I mean the spectacle is kind of like a side piece um thing to me. Like you have like these three different um visions, uh I said visions, but um kind of characterizations of people who are trying to take like this perfect shot or like this, like they gotta get it exactly right. You got the TMZ guy, mm-hmm. um you got the um the, like the actual our protagonists who are trying to capture uh you know the Oprah shot and then we have our cinematographer who's like he's like I'm always living in this kind of like almost almost celestial plane like y'all don't get this kind of deal um and he ends up they got everything they need for this normal shot but he needs to have like this this experience he's like you know y'all don't what did he say he said y'all don't deserve something um the and team he's, guy just wants a quick and dirty shot. That guy wants like a perfect shot, and they yep. just want a shot. But the perfect shot is him going directly into, you know, this thing's mouth, right, and and dying because he's fine with that. Because for him, because basically, think the TMZ people are willing to die. The cinematographer is, is literally so the TMZ is willing to die to get it. The cinematographer know he's going to die, and he he's going to die to get that perfect shot because for him that is perfection, that is life, that is like him hitting his plateau is in you know is like living existence and then yeah. the brother and sister are willing to risk life and limb just to get the picture but then at the end of the day the animal's so dangerous based on like the fact that and, and, and i'm about to get to like how this compares to the chimp and why that's important but the fact that all that happened was like they were trying to keep going for the profit and then they realized oh man like now this is about survival it's not even about that anymore right and so but the thing you got to remember and, and well, one more interesting thing too just to keep all this in mind that the very first shot we get if you go back and think about it it almost looks like we're at a movie camera but we're really like at the animal's mouth and the animal's mouth like if you notice like it's always shaped that way like a movie picture right right and one of the things that people were saying is one of the things that happens with both of these is you're talking about like the trying to control animals right and in OJ, uh, Danny Kaluuya's character, uh, Kaluuya's character says specifically that you have to build a contract with a predator. The thing that is easy to miss, and, and I didn't catch it when I was watching it the first time, but I had I read this YouTube comment. I said, this is incredible. Yeah, this totally makes sense. Jupe is a character. I did understand that he believes that he, he's trying to tame nature for some reason. Right. Some reason he thinks that like he that alien can like will you know continue to come at the same time. He'll put out the horses and they'll do all the same stuff it's always done. And there are reasons that I believe we can point to that like show why it didn't act that way because it was pissed off from the night before. 
plus you got all these humans sitting there and that was the first time they did a show that way but just thinking about how that relates to the chimp jupe it is underneath that table seeing everything occur while the tablecloth is on top of the table he's looking directly at the monkey but the monkey all it sees is a body it can't see him looking directly at it but jupe is interpreting what's happening since he's about to get this fist bump that he is a kind of like a predator whisperer right when in fact he didn't do the thing that actually made the animal go a little crazy now in this case it was a balloon which is also a funny parallel to the end where the balloon ends up killing the the you know alien at the end but the whole point was he misunderstood that moment he thought i'm taming a beast but you're not looking it in the eye. If he had looked it in the eye, I would have killed him too. But yeah, because so he got the wrong that. understanding yeah. of what happened, he thinks he's special. He talks about being special. He said he didn't, he didn't harm me. And he talks about it being legendary. And he talks about those things in that way because for him, it might have come off that way. And he believes he's special and be able to tame this other beast and get him to do basically like an entertainment show similar to the chimp doing the sitcom. Did you guys pick up on if you don't look directly at the UFO, it won't eat you? Yeah. Okay, I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, he did say that. And then there's the whole thing with him putting the things on the back of the hoodie and then putting up the flags because he didn't like, you know. Like, he was starting to understand what made the animal tick and what I, it would and wouldn't do. I um, It's funny because, like, when I was watching the movie, I was just like, oh, this is just a, like a monster movie. Just like we say, like Jaws or even like Jurassic Park in some type of way. And like, I guess I I didn't really watch anything about it. Um, but then when me and you had the conversation, Aaron, about the about Gordy, the the the, the, the champion, monkey. he goes yeah. crazy and he just starts killing everyone. It um I never really understood the connection. But then I was thinking about like something that stood out to me about Jupe was when he had when he was talking when um I can't remember Kiki Palmer's character name I can't remember but when she asked her him when about, she asked him about the details like the details and he mm-hmm. was talking about a Saturday Night Live sketch right mm-hmm. that they made now mind you and and it's, it was interesting the reason why it stood out to me it immediately like, stood out to me when I was watching it yeah like people like literally got brutalized on that set yeah. and Saturday and, Night we, Live. and the audience knows this already because we right, saw right. it yeah right. And then they actually made a skit about this, right? And then I was thinking, like, damn, will Saturday Night Live do that for real? And then I thought about it. They would do that for real. Yeah, back then. What they yeah. really did is they really did have a sketch called Mr. Peepers, where Chris Kattan really did play, like, a monkey-like character. Um, and he was oh, great. Oh, that was a thing? Yeah. He had a character yeah. called Mr. Peepers, but that wasn't based on a real thing. I thought like, he was they're... making, like, a fake... Oh, okay, okay. So well, what man. Jordan Peele did is he did, like, a Mandela effect thing, you know, where people misremember things or they misremember... You mm-hmm. know that whole thing about the Bar- Berenstein Bears versus the Berenstein Bears? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like, what it's actually called? He knew... I think he knew that people would faintly remember Mr. Peepers and then go, oh, yeah, this is... Yeah. And think that it was something that really happened. That, I kind of yeah. remember that Chris Kattan monkey thing. That must have really happened, at yeah. least while they're in the theater. And it works in the theater. If you were watching it at home, you would pause and Google and go like, that didn't happen. But while you're in the theater, you're trapped. Mm-hmm. And right. it works on you. Because yeah. I remember watching, I always thought Chris Kattan was really funny. Um, and Mr. Peepers is like incredible commitment. Like he is 
he becomes a monkey. It is so freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I think Jordan Peele was like, he's a sketch. He was a sketch comic himself for such a long time. He's yeah. probably a total, you know, aficionado. Probably a fun, fun shout out. Yeah, yeah. probably a fun shout out. And he's like, I'm going to use this to kind of tweak people's play with people's memories, which but, I thought was very cool. But I just uh, love how, how many Easter eggs like that he throws in. It's like, if you know, it's, it's, it, it's like a real great guttural laugh to even hear his name, you know, and know that that happened. You know, and if you don't know, it's fine. You don't know that. Right? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't know anything about it, but I was going to also say about that scene was like how Jute talked about it. It's like, this was like some, fond memory yeah it life. stuck out to and me immediately. Yeah, like like and 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 i thought like to your point of him thinking about the fact that he felt like he in some type of way tamed gordy and that's what it was but then now that i think about it more i don't even think that's what it is it's just the fact that it go back to what they talk about this whole thing about the spectacle was yeah. it wasn't just the fact that he was in a way in his mind may have felt that he tamed gordy at that last moment but it was just the fact that he was in some type of way a part of this huge spectacle even though it was like a terrible thing yeah, yeah and, that, about, and that is what the rest of the movie that the other characters what they exude and it made me think about like the lengths to like what uh, we as human beings will go to be entertained like it made me think about like like when we think of like gladiators and stuff like yeah people would literally watch people straight murder themselves you know and cheer them on right or like Mandingo fightings, or even like now with prize, prize fighting, whether it's boxing or, or UFC, we watch people beat the shit out of themselves and we find it to be entertaining. So it made me think like maybe the monster is symbolic to that idea of us as humanity wanting so much to be either a part of the spectacle or watch it to the form to the fact that it can consume us in some type of well way. think about how cool it is just this idea too that basically what we're talking about is something that it's like as long as you don't look at it like you're fine but if yeah, you like, look it's at almost it, like it's, it's actually gonna get you right like so like all these things that like we ignore that allow people to be taken advantage of in all these ways if we were to say like that that animal represented that and then when we look at it it'll come get you but as long as you don't look at it you're fine Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, yeah, Sorry. I kind of look at it like that too. Like, but more like if if you don't, yeah, if you don't look at it, it doesn't consume you in a sense. It's not um because there's some things that's like spectacles that's not even worth looking at. Like what we was just talking about, like uh Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. That shit yeah. really ain't worth looking at. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that you actually looked at it, it starts to become i don't want to say a part of you but now you start to think about it more then you have conversations about it <laughs> and, and in all honesty it's really not shit worth talking about you know well, what i'm saying then you're arguing with somebody on twitter where you're like yeah right. he was right or he was wrong and then you're like what am i even talking about right now because <laughs> yeah. you could have lived the rest of your life and never seen that and would have been fine <laughs> like yeah. That, that's kind of how I look at the whole spectacle thing. But I'm sorry, my bad, um, Tim, for interrupting. Oh, no, no. I was I actually thought of you with social media, where the only way you can win is to not take part at all. Like, I'm not going to look at the spectacle. Because <laughs> <laughs> once, once you say, like, one thing, like, oh, yeah, he really got Chris Rock. It's like, so you think it's okay? It's like, 
yeah like now i have to like go in and argue with people and like you don't even believe what you're saying you're just in the middle of a spectacle mm-hmm. i, I kind of think it's human nature to be a little triggered by stuff too like oh, uh, totally. you know i don't be on social media like that sometimes i get on it for certain purposes but every once in a while i could see some on facebook and it just it it, it would trigger me in some type of way or form i might not say nothing but it, yeah. it might make me feel a way and it might even in some type of way, slightly, just slightly change the way I might view something, but well, not, not in a positive way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so let, let me ask y'all this though about the movie and the way it, it handles that. Did, did y'all feel like you're beyond like what, what it means? Just, you know, um, the monster itself or animal, whatever you want to say. Um, just, you know, um, before you knew what it was you know kind of what were you thinking was it intriguing what did you think of the design especially at the end like how how did that work for y'all was it a little too much or you know did it feel right Mm. well i'll start by saying that me personally i'm kind of i kind of like to know the origin of something at least to a certain extent like what what is it like there's not even a talk of what it could be you know what i'm saying outside of just being like this apex predator in the sky how long has it been there you know where did it come from that's just me personally um as far as like the design of it i wasn't just too messed up about it 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 wasn't nothing that i would expect but i also think it's something that's like it was one of them things where i was watching i was like i'm cool with this but i don't think like your average audience will be cool with this like i'm at the end yeah, like what the what the whole creature looks like at the end of the day, you know. But it felt like it was this movie I think comes off a lot better if you have like some uh kind of sensitivity or there's like some background and understanding like how animals do things when they're trying to like intimidate yeah, and that's not um, that's probably track not, things. That's probably not the average person, though. Well, because when it's going from its normal kind, because it it seems to take like several different shapes when it's kind of flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have been really curious to see like see it make one of the clouds, like go from like that that static position in the sky to like making clouds around itself. But also at the end, it almost seemed like when it was going to OJ and OJ was looking directly at it right before it goes off and, and kills him. So um uh his sister can get away it does like a lot of that like bearing its fangs thing where like the little green things are coming out it's almost like its teeth or its mouth and it keeps expanding like i don't, I don't even know how to explain artistically what it's doing but y'all know what i mean like it looked like it had like multiple mouths coming in and out and then the weird thing though when the that um balloon was lifted into the air that looked like a jupe it almost looked like it was in a mating position, but not mating position, but like in a, like it was almost like wearing something that looked more like it was trying to look good, almost like a dress almost. It was really weird. It might, it might've been trying to um, rely, show it's like dominance in a sense. Yeah, I didn't know if that's, it was that's dominance like, that's or like trying what, to attract it, yeah. That's what like dogs do. Like they, like they try to get each other's, I call it like play catch the butt. And it's not like, you know, a sexual thing more than it's like trying to display some type of dominance. Yeah, and predators, they try to make themselves look big. 
Yeah. Like, like that. yeah, that's that's their thing. All like predator, like they even say if a bear's coming towards you, you gotta try to make yourself look big so it'll potentially back down instead of you know yeah, you probably won't. Back. Yeah, it probably <laughs> won't, but like a coyote, probably, but a bear probably fuck you up. <laughs> not not a bit not a big ass black bear. I'm about black bear, brown bears, grizzlies now. I don't even know. But yeah, dogs do like that, that too. Yeah, so it, you know. I just I found that really interesting. Like I was picking up on like if you go back and look at that scene, especially at the end, you'll see as it's changing forms that it seems to be trying to do different things depending on what's in front of it, whether it's like an intimidation tactic or some a, a tactic to, to attract something to it or whatever. Um were, were you dissatisfied with what what did you guys think of like the end? Um as far as like the literal the monsters end a uh, weird way for him to die right it's just like this thing that's been there all along it's kind of like that um m night Shyamalan movie where they kill the aliens with water oh yeah you just go oh it's water okay is that sure. signs i sorry yeah, we're gonna that's ruin signs everybody yeah. <laughs> oh whoops sorry you guys <laughs> also at the end of that other at the end of the village it's modern times uh, anyone else uh sixth sense uh, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Um, it's such a good movie, too. It's man. such a good movie. It's so Which good. one? Um, uh, um, Signs or Six Sense? Six Sense. Six Sense is a yeah, good Yeah, it's a great movie. I remember, man, that was one of the first times I sat, I sat in a movie uh, just literally like, yo, like, what the f-? Like, I literally was just sitting, staring at the wall, like, okay, dang, <laughs> that whole time, huh? Yo, it was like I was talking about the first time I ever tried to just directly just rewatch a movie in my head right there. Yeah, um, that's probably the best thing that man ever made. But uh, but I I don't know I wasn't too messed up with how the creature died. But but it, it's it's the only thing about it was like I, I guess we never really know like exactly how smart this thing is. It's, it seems pretty um, pretty on point. Mm, I mean, about, about as smart as like an animal would be, I guess, most animals, because, mm. you know, most, there's a lot of animals that just eat whatever. So I guess that's believable. Like shit, my dog literally will eat whatever he sees on the ground. It can like give him utter death, but he gonna still <laughs> eat it if it's on the ground. Like an avocado. I don't know who the hell had an avocado laying on the <laughs> ground, but fuck them because that's toxic to dogs. <laughs> that's and, and most dogs that eat whatever they see on the ground for the most part, you know. So, um, and I, you know, animals. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's unbelievable, you know. Now, I don't. I just think that the monster wasn't as smart as like usually monsters are in movies. But then, that's okay, one, yeah, and I could live with that. But but then but then it makes me question like, what is it about this monster like that can cut out like electro oh no that's just that's a natural that that ain't it doing a bunch of thinking ahead of time that's just like a natural thing it has. it's nothing that it's doing but but it makes you think well it, it's first. it's naturally doing it. yeah 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 exactly. yeah well because you don't even think as an animal right you think it's like a bunch of people that's uh, where that's where i get mixed up because like if the monster is the spectacle why does the power thing make sense and why does hot air ultimately destroy it well okay so there those are two very different questions i I, that is believable to me only because uh like the the electric thing 
because there are animals out in the wild that do have you know like no i get i get like practically why a thing from outer space or whatever could do that i just don't understand like artistically why oh i don't know you know it's like if you say um dracula is a bloodsucker because he symbolizes people who prey on other people and extract their life force and oh well okay here here's one um you gotta remember it's electric right yeah so probably and again i haven't spent any time really thinking about this particular point but probably something to alluding to the fact that like nobody actually wants to capture like the terribleness of the spectacle well, like if you try to get evidence of the spectacle, people either ignore it or it's like just hard to get. So people just almost act like it's not happening. Like they normalize it. Like they go like, this is perfectly normal that we're all talking about. Like, it, like, like, don't look at this terrible thing happening. And you're like, no, look, I'm trying to show you this terrible thing happening. But it's like you can't because something keeps getting in the way. Like there's a grasshopper on top of the, the camera or the power gets out when it's too it gets when it gets close enough for people to actually see it then it's almost like radio silence. Like you can't even like get people to pay attention to it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I was, I was going to say too, I wanted to add this before I forget. I really don't think like calling the movie Nope made any sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there was this, there was this thing where I was thinking like, if it's called Nope, then that means like that. Cause that's, you know what they say. That's, that's the shit that black people would, probably say if they was in a horror movie situation i guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like nope i'm not going down in that basement fuck that but this didn't feel like a nope situation like there was times they really could have avoided half of the shit that they got into i feel you know yeah but it was all for the for the you know love money and oj well i mean but i i don't i don't know realistically i don't I don't think I'll say this. One of the flaws of the movie, I don't feel like they set the stakes of why the money's so needed well enough. Look, I don't need a John Carter situation, but you know, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think I think it's one of those things where like why what is the real motivation for for doing this? Like I I think one of the unstated motivations is trying to avenge or 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 prove he's not crazy about what happened to his dad. Yeah, but he, but this is the thing. They already know once the people at Jupe's place get sucked up and and the blood gets spilled on top of their house. Like to me, that was the nope situation. That was like, hell no, nah, we leaving. Fuck this. We can call the the you know. So you know what I'm saying? We could call somebody. Somebody else come handle this shit. To me, to me, let, let me let me also. Um, concur here because i kind of thought that was like an like an act three kind of thing to do because by the time you get blood all over the house like that most people be like you know what (laughs) no i didn't even know it was all that speaking of which real quick um man the you know i know people oh it's not a horror movie and like yeah i think you know it, it doesn't stay in horror very long right but the scariest thing the whole damn movie after the people get sucked up is the realization that the whole damn movie, what you've been hearing is stuff screaming inside the damn monster while it's getting eaten. And like it, the cries of whatever it's eating echo like throughout like 
<laughs> that that range of land, like that, like it's like you got this flat land with like these mountains. I know it's like the sound just is cacophonous. And I was just like, and I was in a Dolby surround sound studio. Like that sh- first off, Oppenheimer opening to that was like I, I thought my ears were gonna come out. But <laughs> when, when they got to this, I was like, damn, why why do they want this for like this movie? And I was like, oh, oh no, oh no, that's what that is. <laughs> like, man, what a what a, a you know decision. what that's, that's really smart. That's the classic symbolic monster movie is Godzilla, where Godzilla is the atomic bomb. Mm. like perfect metaphor absolutely yeah. perfect. and yeah. then i guess with this one i just wanted to track the metaphor more yeah and, you know, if i was watching like the meg i wouldn't be like <laughs> just we just talked about i'm not going to say like so much uh, <laughs> but if i was watching <laughs> the meg i wouldn't go oh my gosh what does the meg symbolize but because it's a jordan peele movie i'm always looking for some deeper meaning like, yeah I'm that's why to- yeah that's that's why i was saying like i was thinking just to mm-hmm. look at it like like some like the Meg, you know, but then but then other people talk about it. I'm like, oh, so they're making it deeper than what it is. But then he also did have that quote about the spectacle in the beginning. Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it, but it could have not been that. It could have like literally just like Jordan just make a monster movie and just keep it moving type of thing and and it will be okay you if know? he had taken out Jupe and the monkey and all that I mean I think the movie still works very yeah. well like it's, you don't you don't need it there at all but I do think it can enhance the film but I think the way it complicates it may because of the way the movie's structured and I don't think it makes it very clear what the symbols mean that can lead to um an obstacle that doesn't have to be there you know yeah i um yeah exactly like i think so when people when people say something is not a horror film or they don't feel like it's a horror film they usually base it off if it scares them or not which mm-hmm. i think we had this conversation where i think that's kind of yeah, because like Jaws is a horror movie, but it's not like scary yeah. like that. But I don't, I don't think that is what makes something a horror movie. Especially like, I don't think your average audience can be scared. I, I really stand by that. Like, I don't. Okay. I, it, I don't think the the focus of the horror movie shouldn't literally just be to scare you. If it does scare you, that's fine. But I think it's the situation that you put characters in, where they're stripped from every illusion of society and their face was something rather it's a monster rather it's a, a human rather it's a demon whatever you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and there has to almost be this almost a claustrophobic feel to it like totally. zombie movies works works well because it's like it's always claustrophobic you know what i'm saying it's yeah always it's, it's like, like you, you, know, you don't feel like you have many routes to right. go like and, you got to do this or you die Right, you can't call nobody. Everybody's dead. The fucking U- U.S. The government ain't coming. Bomb. Yeah. They either gonna drop oh, yeah. a bomb on your town or they just not coming. They like whatever. So that to me is like when I think of horror, I think like you're trapped. But I never felt trapped in this movie, and I think that's the problem. Is that if if I feel like just like when they after the whole blood house mm, situation, that's a great point. Actually, they was chilling at Angel's house. And at this yeah. point, that's when you're like, oh, I'm not scared anymore because anything that happens after this is 
completely their fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. 100%. That's like yeah, that's I, literally I that's fair. I think that's fair. That's like escaping Leatherhead's leather <laughs> Leatherface's house and then coming back to to get a picture of him after you just seen him massacre a few people. You like, but oh, see, God. so the, I think so. The problem with the movie is that when when you put it that way, and I, I mentioned it briefly, and I, it, it's it's like it's a slight weakness in many ways, but like I think because this part's weak, it makes everything else kind of suffer. We don't really have um, we're we're not grounded enough in understanding kind of what makes the financial situation so dire that they have to do this or like x is going to happen like we there's just no sense of like here's what's at stake here it's just i need money for the family it's like well anybody would love millions of dollars for the family but like do you need it or do they need you they never say it and i'm i would give the movie a pass on that because i think that definitely daniel kaluuya loves his dad and Mm -hmm. connection with his dad on that land and even when his sister is like we got an offer he, he won't even tell her what the offer is because he's not even considering parting with that land. Like that is part of his dad's life and soul and spirit and everything. And he can't do it. I think one problem. And I mean, you can just assume that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, as you think about it and like talk about it with your friends. I think so. The next day, but uh, the movie didn't, didn't do some of the like character building stuff. We don't really meet them before the tragedy happens to the dad. You don't really see their dynamic that much beforehand. And so you're not that invested unless you just, you know, think about what if that was my dad or what if that happened to my son? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It's weird because like it doesn't, he didn't, it's kind of to his credit that he doesn't do any movie tricks. Like I'll see you back here at six, son. All right, dad, we'll do that thing. We always do. Like <laughs> it's kind of cause like when the great man, I does, love you, son. I love yeah. You. When the great man does that stuff, you're kind of like, Oh, don't even bother. Why'd you even do that? Um, but so it's kind of credit to him for not bothering and letting us figure it out. Um, but at the same time, on an emotional level, I just don't, I'm with you. I don't get while watching the movie, why they need to stay on that land. Keith, what was the thing you said? Um, I feel like it was you that said this. We were having a conversation, uh, Tim, you were there too, I believe, but he was saying he read something about how or maybe you said this, people don't remember like details of stories and this, they remember character. Yeah. That was Keith. Yeah. Well, did I say the quote uh, adequately? Well, I don't know if it's exactly that, but no, no, yeah, I know it's, it's better than It's that. just pretty much how characters really drive the story. Like you, you could it was they would stick with you. Yeah, they'll stick with you more than the actual plot in most cases. Yeah, um, and, and that's where you're able to forgive stuff. Yeah, I always use an example like you could have a story about a guy that really wants a fried bologna sandwich. And if the character is interesting, you just you just on with his journey, you know. Like it's kind of like um what was the uh, what was that silly ass movie back in the day? Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like people love Napoleon Dynamite, not because it's the most well written, plot driven <laughs> story in the world. They, they except like, it is not <laughs> I just, I just think a lot of people just like Napoleon. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not my favorite yeah, movie, yeah. but there are some people that there's some about the character that's enduring, and then even, even in this, the character's weirdness is something that I think what people usually can kind of relate to in some type of way or form. Freddie Got Fingered is a better movie than Napoleon is? Dynamite. 
Freddy Got Fingered. And that movie. No, it's not. Freddy Got Fingered is fucking terrible. It is terrible, but it's better (laughs) than Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) I like them both. (laughs) No, what you said about character, though, I watched Goodfellas again recently, and to realize that the second half of Goodfellas is De Niro bumping off people because they took part in the Lufthansa heist and were a little bit too loud about it. Yeah. Like, you could watch Goodfellas 30 times and not remember that. (laughs) Like, what his motivation is to just start killing people. (laughs) But but it fit in with his character because you're saying he did it because they were being too loud about it. I said he did it just because he was just fucking anxious and nervous that someone would talk. Because he started killing people that weren't even doing nothing. Yeah. It was just like... But it fit in with his character because he was kind of like this paranoid guy sometimes. And a sociopath, he's like, oh, it's better that somebody die than I feel a little bit uncomfortable. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's such such a good film. I think I've watched that so many times. I love it. But it's always the characters. Like, I I always thought that too with um, the majority, like Tarantino films are like that. Like, you know, and, and what's weird too is like, you know, I we haven't talked about this much, but I do think that as much as we've talked about some of the things that are missing from character, I do actually like the the relationships a lot the characters have. We haven't spent much time talking about it at all. Uh, but you know, Kiki Palmer and Dan Kalula, uh, they have a really great uh set of chemistry. Yeah. Uh, when they're together. And actually she, she's just really good with everybody. Uh Stephen Yoon is is really great. Um, you know, I really you know, I just I liked what he brought, um, you know, quite a bit. Keith dating a few scenes he's in, he's great. Also, the dude playing Angel, uh, Brandon Perea, man, I, I really liked him here. He was really, really good. But you, but you know what I wonder is that more like a, a actor thing? What you mean? Is a character thing? Like, are these are these actors just so good, and they have so much chemistry on screen that it makes you feel for them? more so than the characters are written so well that you feel for them. I think that's it. I think that it is the former. The speech, the very beginning, the safety speech at the beginning where Kalia is like mumbling and <laughs> then it does this like beautiful presentation. Like that's a really good quick, here's who they are. Right. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was really... Well done. I also liked how I mean, there's a lot of comedy in this. We again, we can talk about that too much, but there's uh, with the actress who's coming up about to do the commercial. She's like, "Where's OJ?" That's OJ. And she's like, "Oh, I, th- I thought you meant OJ. OJ, not this not is. little OJ. Whatever, whatever this one is." And then, oh, like, no, that was the that was they here. were showing that man. They were like, "Oh, his dad is in here." Oh God! And they're like all in his face with it. Like, oh, <laughs> damn, bro! Like, give me a chance. I mean, he he clearly didn't have the charisma for it, but you know, yeah, great. yeah. I um, <laughs> I like when people that's like super super great actors when they play characters that's like so so low key like that. Yeah, like. Cause we've seen Daniel Kaluuya play like, like that. What's man, what was that we movie? Got, have, y'all, have y'all seen uh, Widows before? Oh, that movie's awesome. Oh, I've not seen it yet, but I, I'm, I'm aware of a couple scenes. Like he, he, I mean, there's some, there's some, but he's one of my favorite things in that whole film. Cause I've never seen him in that playing that type of character. Yeah, and and so we know like what type of range he got. And then this man is like British as fuck. 
So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like just to see how he can um play all these different characters in it to where like you like man because it's, it's some actors like you like they really just being themselves it's you know whatever which ain't nothing wrong with that neither but it's like i feel like he can completely transform he can either be all the way high he can be all the way down low and low Every key time. And, stuff. and um and i just like the little um nuances his character got like even small things just how like he looked up and he just saw the thing when he sucked up the balloon the first time and he was just like yup <laughs> it was just like pretty like calm and chill like the majority of the film like I'm like bro nobody is that damn calm because on one end it seemed like he he didn't have like much confidence and he was just like way way introverted in comparison to his sister but he also was like very chill and calm and like very like high intense situations a lot. I feel like in his contracts, he's like, hey, um, I can be in a scary movie, but I can never look terrified. I mean, he had certain moments where he was looking like, oh shit. No, 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 not what I mean, he, I, I said terrified. He can look scared. He was clearly scared a few times. Can't look terrified. You, you know what's always like um interesting to me about like movies like this. What that 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 does kind of I won't say scare me, but it always make me uneasy. But it's like when animals react to stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Like oh, those horses, shit. they they need a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> that was some great horse acting. Or or just or just like I don't know if those are the sounds that horses make when they're terrified. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I i think of it like i don't know what's i don't know what's because like an animal has to know when they're about to die like they know fear right i mean as the, the, the same way that the humans do right yeah and and so you hear these horses screaming like he said i heard them screaming in a way that i've never heard him sound before right what was the first one that went it wasn't was it ghost Cause Lucky was the oh, one. I don't remember all their names. I know Lucky made it. I remember that. But I mean, the only reason why I know because they broke the axe down by horse names. Oh, I remember. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember the one that made it. It's yeah. funny. Everybody who got a chapter died except uh, Lucky. <laughs> I mean that that's if that's if you think at the end that um that um oj survives OJ ain't then, survive. Uh-uh, if he doesn't survive that oj then then lucky would be dead too oh you're right you're right all right well, but he survived but well, I, I, I wanted him to, to to make it but yeah he did i, I want to think i mean there's too many illusions that say that oj is actually dead but i said in my mind because well, he got he scorpion alive. king because he gonna resurrect like the scorpion king is that where you're going with that no go. no i think i think that to me when I see a movie and they don't really say outright that a character is dead, I'm a, in my mind, if I like the character, they alive with me. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. Well, I think he's alive. I, I don't, but I mean, but, I mean, there's but, a lot of things that I, I could see why. And then also like my biggest thing was when he was under that sign sign and it said, what it said, beyond yonder or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. That's when I was like, yeah, that dude's dead. Yeah, I said, I'm still gonna ignore it and be like, nah, I want OJ to be alive and him and his sister still kicking it and you know having adventures. 
Yeah, there was a, I don't know, man. The movie's just, it's got a lot of good stuff going on in it. Um, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up? Uh, I like the name Jean Jacket a lot. <laughs> what, what is that supposed to reference? I actually just didn't get that. No idea. That's what, <laughs> that's what's funny about it to me. It's like a name that a little kid would come up with. I do like the Scorpion King. Uh, yeah, kind of like that is the dumbest thing. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That sound like the straight jet. Um, sound like some a kid would name their horse. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't know. I just I just like to see Jordan Peele, you know, constantly, you know, do things, and I think that, um, excuse me, hoping that he'll be able to do even bigger things and get like, uh, you know, a lot of his stories and visions out. Cause I think dude got a lot, a lot of, a lot of ideas, a lot of things that he can bring to the table. Um, I, I agree. I hope he never gets into the franchise. I hope he just keeps doing the Jordan Peele franchise. Yeah. I, and but he, the only franchise I want him to do I, and is, and I don't know how true this is. I want him to make gargoyles. If that's what he really wants to do. And mm. apparently there was a rumor. I don't know how true this was. I think we must, I must have mentioned this before where he had um, pitched the script to Disney for um, a Gargoyles live action movie. Really? Yeah. And they, they turned it down. But I'm like, maybe they turned it down, down pre Get Out? No. This Post-Get is after out. Get Out. Oh, they tripping this. <laughs> Yeah, but that but that's that's still like I, I think I think what it is is that even though you gotta think how low budget get out was, even though get out was big and it made like tons of money and it was whatever, sometime I think like I I don't know for sure, but they might look at it and they like, nah, he's so you're saying Ryan Coogler could have gotten it, but not Jordan Peele yet. I think Ryan Coogler only got it because he did he did Creed though. You got like Creed was a much bigger budget than what he done with everything else. So even though you know okay that's fair yeah you get what i'm saying so i i think but with a movie like nope which is bigger and so on maybe he would be they might be open to do something like that and i thought it was cool that keith david was in it that you know he did play goliath in the original um look at you connecting the dots oh man oh i died I stay connected. Don't don't do this to me (laughs) nope nope i'm not even going i mean but i'm just saying they already connected so I was gonna I was gonna say something else real complimentary about the film. Now you got me thinking about gargoyles. Oh, man, now I'm all twisted up. I don't need this. Don't be getting my hopes up for one, something. One of the best man. animated shows in the 90s. Just um, let it go. All right. Well, look, y'all made it this far. We appreciate you. Um, I do just really quickly want to say to I'm glad this movie's just exploring stuff. I hope more creatives try things and the Jordan Peele continues to like push the boundaries. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Keith, real quick, uh, where can people find us on the socials? Right now we're on Instagram at the low key pod. Awesome. And Tim, the new uh, movie maker magazine is being delivered as we speak. I got mine today. Um, anything in particular you want people to look at in the magazine? The entire magazine start on page one. Don't put it down until you get to page 84 or whatever it is. <laughs> get ready for a ride. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for making it this far. Like, subscribe, share with a friend, and we'll see y'all on the next one. Peace. See you.